Greetings, everybody. Welcome to the Call to Be podcast, where we seek to empower everyday believers to discover and live out their authentic calling in Christ to be a greater blessing in our world today. Uh, my name is Travis Guzzi. I'm a pastor as well as an ICF certified life and executive coach and a Gallup Strengths coach. And it's wonderful to have all those who are listening and viewing to this podcast today. And I want to once again uh, welcome my co-hosts, uh, Kevin Scott and Trish Freshwater. Uh, it is great having you both back in studio because we had a little bit of virus issues going on. Indeed we did. Uh, for anybody thinking about getting that nasty bug or tangling with it, my <laughs> advice is quite simple. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> it, it will win. It is a nasty, nasty, nasty bug that uh, will put you flat on your back. But uh, it's good to be back. We're through that uh, that nasty bit of nastiness. And uh, yeah, it's actually good to be anywhere. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. We are counting down to spring. Get rid of all the winter and the cold and the illnesses and back Get into being active outside. Outside, sunshine, mm -hmm. some of the best things for you in the world. So yes, and your yes, family yes. doing well, Trish? Yeah, we are. We are. We are very much. Um, my kids are enjoying the little bit of snow we had here in Williamsburg and uh, read there, um, you know, disappointed it wasn't more, but uh, mom's pretty happy it disappears within two days. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's 2022. <laughs> we can fight a virus. We have uh, unlimited technology. And yet, is it going to snow one inch or 12? We don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and even if we get to schools are shut down for a week yeah. and yes. bread and eggs are gone oh, from yes. the shelves. Oh, yes. It, it's crazy. Back in Idaho, if we acted like that, we wouldn't uh, live life for no. like four months. Oh, yeah. Know, it's, <laughs> no, and the crazy thing wasn't just the bread and the and the milk I, I all i needed was an onion i could not find an onion in three different stores and i was oh, like geez. what is the deal with this is that supply onion. chain or is that uh winter weather yeah yeah, yeah. it's it 2 a.m i need an onion <laughs> Well, great to have uh, you with us today, and uh, wonderful to be back in studio. I know we did the whole virtual thing last time. Hey, uh, Trish, why don't you set the table for us as we get ready for this podcast today? What are we going to be focusing on? Sure. So today we're going to talk about um, where we are and who we are on our journey um, with, as followers of Christ, and we're going to try to look at our sense of identity and how that fits into that journey and where it may take us into the future. Right. And, and this conversation on identity is an important one as we think about the vision of called to be, uh, empowering everyday believers to discover and live out their authentic calling. Um, one of our elements is identity, uh, helping believers be aware, to connect believers to their authentic identity in Christ. And as we talked about in our first podcast, we kind of touched on this a little bit, that, that identity is kind of broken into these two aspects. There's there's our ultimate identity, and then there's our unique identity of God's workmanship and gifting. Today, we're going to focus on that first half, that, that ultimate identity that we're supposed to have in Christ and the difference it makes to our lives and our callings and vocations. Uh, but first of all, I think that um, when we think about identity, it's really trying to answer the question, who am I? Um, and, and, and that is such an important question and one that, that so many people are on a quest to try to find, so many people struggle with, and we look to a lot of different things for your identity. Like, for example, for me, um, I, I, I've struggled with identity uh, through the years. I, I think I talked about uh, in one of our podcasts about my struggle of identity being a pastor and when I wasn't, you know, what happened. Another one I can remember uh, very clearly in my life uh, was back in high school. Um, I was actually a pretty good runner. Uh, so in the state of Idaho, um, I actually won uh, the state championship my senior year in the mile, two mile, and in cross country. So I was a three-time state champion. And what was kind of funny was I was like the ultimate nerd uh, 
Um, and uh, they they uh, gave me the athlete of the year. It was like the the ultimate revenge of the nerd uh, kind of thing. And 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 I had found a lot of my identity in being a great runner. And then I went to Boise State University, and uh, I was on the cross-country team uh, running there. And um, I, I did okay my first year, uh, but I, I didn't do so well academically. And so uh, I got a 1.6 grade point. Um, I got, uh, you know, I, I thought I was going to be a doctor, and I overloaded on classes. And um, I suddenly found that uh, I had to repeat classes, uh, which I wasn't feeling too good about my identity there. I was uh, not able to run academically uh, because of the academic probation. I couldn't run um, on the track team that spring, and I struggled with my identity. When I didn't have running, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what my future would be. Uh, I mean, I thought about going in the military at the time. I was like, what What does my future hold? And so, so many times, the things we do, the things we pour our life in, we can struggle with, with our identity. It's great when things go well, but when it doesn't, the, then we really wrestle with the question, who am I? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you raise a, a really cool point here because in in the church world, there's all these kind of buzzwords that are flying around today. You know, we got to talk about discipleship and we have to talk about intentionality and we have to talk about community and identity tends to kind of be one of those buzzwords. But it's actually a very old idea that if you look at um, all of the great works of literature and even all the, the world religions and philosophies are kind of trying to answer this question of yeah. what does it mean to be a person? Um, what does it mean to be a human being? And uh, what you really raise is, I think, the temptation today, which is to measure our um, our our sense of self based on on our achievements, based on on what we do, um, and that's a trap that a lot of people fall into. But there's also the temptation to measure your sense of self based on on what you don't do, based on your yeah. your failures, right? Um, and and I think that we can really fall down on either side of that um, and really do ourselves a disservice, right? Because neither one of those things are who Christ has really called us to be. Yeah. It's it's not who who you were, and it's really not about what you do. It's about what He has done for you and is continuing to do for you. Yeah, yeah. It it's kind of reminds me back in the old days. I don't know if you guys remember the wide world of sports. I remember that was on oh, when yeah, I was a kid. Yeah. The, the thrill of victory and yes. the agony of defeat. And, yes. and sometimes when we misplace our identity, it can be we can be too high and with that comes arrogance yeah. and look at me how great I am. Or we can really like think, you know, in that that defeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who See, am one I? of one of my uh, oh man, one of my I'm gonna date myself so bad here. One of my favorite <laughs> movies of all time is the movie The Mighty Ducks with Emilio <laughs> Estevez, and it's such a great example of this because you have this guy who missed a goal when he was 12 years old at the state championship. And this has defined his existence for the next like 30 years, right? right? It has completely defined who he is, is, is missing that one shot. And it's really kind of his redemption story as he takes to coaching this, this group of kids, right? To kind of get beyond that. And yeah. I mean, I just in, in all the great stories of our time, you know, you have that where just one failure or one, one event has just defined yeah. that person's existence for, for many, many years afterwards. Right. Well, 
So, bring it, yeah. bring it in modern times. We were just talking beforehand. Netflix's uh, Cobra Kai. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah. Johnny, if I mean, you that's... have not watched it, go watch Cobra Kai. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> but but that's the whole thing of Johnny of getting defeated in that that yeah. karate tournament, getting kicked at, in the face. Yes, yeah. <laughs> with the, with the oh yeah, yeah 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 oh yeah <laughs> and 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 how his life just took this wrong trajectory for for thirty some years. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, watch Cobra Kai. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> uh, let me. Let me ask both of you, um, where, where have you struggled with identity? Where, where have you been looking sometimes in the wrong places and how did it trip you up? That's a good question. And um, I think for me, what I always kind of come back to is that just by virtue of my, my job, right? So I'm, I'm a pastor and my job is to give myself to other people. Right. Um, and there are so many days when, you know, I've I've either got, you know, a tough hospital call or I've got uh, multiple tough hospital calls or I'm counseling somebody through end of life situations, really, really heavy stuff. And then by the end of the day, it's like I don't have anything left. Like I, I really don't. Right. Because right. I've just given so much of myself over to this. And I struggle to remember that um, my, my primary identity is, is not a pastor. Um, in spite of what the seminary might lead you to believe, your primary identity is not that. It's yeah. it's a child of God and who He says that you are. And uh, God says, make time for rest. Right? Yeah, yeah, rest absolutely. Right, that because that's who I made you to be. Rather so. than super pastor yeah. who can leap tall hospital visits with a single yeah, bound. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, anybody who um, tries to put on that front is is just kidding themselves, right? Yeah. That nobody can maintain that. Nobody can. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's not just pastors because oh, yeah. you know in any career, you can get so sucked in and be that person who's always there, always saying yes, always taking on the extra assignment, taking on the volunteer activities, and might be a story I know. And, yes. Um, I actually had a dear friend uh, when I left a job in New York when we were moving back to South Carolina. Her going away gift to me was a coffee mug that said, I will learn to say no. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, Trish, you can probably um, identify with this, you know, with um, with being a mom. Yeah. There are so many moms and I mean, dads, too. But there are so many moms that really struggle with this sense of like mom guilt that like I can't have anything left for myself because that's not being given over to my my kids. And oh, yeah. of course, we we pour so much of ourselves into our children. But again, even though the calling of being a parent is pretty darn important, and I know this, I have two of my own. That is not your primary sense of, of being. But right? you want to be part of everything. You want to be part of their world. You yes. join the PTSA. Yep. You get involved in the classroom mom gig. Yeah. <laughs> and you get into all of those things, and suddenly you have no hours left in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and you have to learn to step back right, and right, find right. those moments for you. And in fact, that's how I landed with the comfort dog stuff right, right, right. is because that was something for me and something that would be rewarding for me and where I could use my own skills and talents to help, but also do something that I enjoy. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's something that um, I'm very thankful for actually about my own um, faith tradition about being Lutheran is that if you go to a Lutheran service, typically there's a sense of repetition to it where you're going to have kind of the same things that you hear every week. Right. So like if I go to church, I know that I'm going to hear um, your, your sins are forgiven. I know that I'm going to hear that over and over and over again. Now, why do we repeat that over and over and over again? It's because you need to hear it over and over and over <laughs> because again. we forget right it's like to i mean to your point trish right you want to be involved in everything and then all of a sudden what are you doing right you yeah. are signing up to coach your kids 
little league, you know, baseball. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but then all of a sudden you've missed church for four weeks. You haven't heard you are a forgiven child of God who's been bought, won, and redeemed by yeah. Christ, and then something else starts to take over. Yeah, right? you lose your sense of self. Yeah. You lose yeah, that yeah, identity, yeah. and you lose who you are because you're more focused on making sure you're there for everyone else. Right. See, that's, that's a story all through Scripture. I mean, we see, you know, the children of Israel, um, they, they constantly forgot their identity. Uh, as in the desert, they had oh, to be yeah. reminded of what their true identity, leaving that identity of being slaves yeah. behind and being the people of God. And then through the judges forgetting their identity, yeah, through yeah, the yeah. kings forgetting their identity, the prophets having to come to remind them and call them yeah. back to that that identity of, of the people of God. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, at, at King of Glory right now, we're doing an online Bible study on the book of Judges because it's one that not a lot of people take the time to go through. Really weird book, by the way. Lots of really weird stories in there. But the thing that comes back over and over and over again, and it even says this at the beginning, it says Joshua dies, right? He's their, their leader and then that generation kind of dies and then it literally says that they forgot right they they forgot who they were they forgot about god they forgot about everything that he had done for them and so then what do they do right well we got to be like everybody around us yeah. right and that gets them into some real trouble yeah right? yeah and ultimately this struggle with identity with the question who am i with forgetting uh that uh, goes really back all the way to the beginning an analogy that i i use is that we are suffering from identity theft now we were talking here uh, we, none of us have actually experienced the full force of identity <laughs> theft. <laughs> but I have heard stories of how difficult it is when somebody yeah. steals your digital identity, creates a new one. Yeah. Uh, probably the closest I've seen, it's a lot of friends who suddenly a uh, uh, Facebook uh, with a, with uh, their same identity pops up of some person utilizing that, trying to make connections and, and get information and all these kind of things. Yeah. Um, but, but when I talk about identity theft, I'm not talking digital online. What I'm talking about is back in creation. That God created humanity, Adam and Eve, to, to know their ultimate identity of being children of God. Um, and what happened was the, the evil one came away and, and stole our identity. And, and not just that. We, we opened our vaults. We gave our identity. Here's our social security number. Uh, we gave everything away, and we exchanged that ultimate identity for a lie, that yeah. we could find our identity in anything and everything else but God alone. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's that's always the temptation, isn't it? You know, as a staff right now um, at King of Glory, we just took the Enneagram not that long ago. For those of you who are familiar with that, it's, you know, a personality test where it assigns a number to you. You know, you can be the perfectionist, you can be the um, successful achiever, you can be the, the challenger, whatever it happens to be. And um, we're reading a book right now that has been so helpful called, um, I think it's called Self-Defined, but it's a Christian view of the Enneagram. And really what it does is it goes through and it shows how each one of these personality types have um, who God intended for you to be, right? So this is when this type is the most Christ-like, right? But then there's what the devil kind of does to it and, and right. it turns it on its head. So there's always kind of two sides to it. So for me, um, I'm a three, which is a successful achiever, which doesn't mean that I'm particularly successful or particularly <laughs> achieving. It just means that's what motivates me, right? Um, and so uh, with us, yeah, we're, so we are very, very, um, we're very futuristic. And um, and ultimately that's that's a good thing, right? Yeah. Um, to, to have that. But then what the devil does is he comes and he kind of turns it on its head so that you're never satisfied and it's never enough. There's never enough achieving that you can do in a day. Yeah, yeah. Every day starts at zero, right? And if you haven't stacked your list this high, 
then you are not doing enough. You're not producing enough. And uh, again, nobody can maintain that. Eventually, the the rug's kind of taken out from under you, and then you just crash, right? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. In, in Clifton Strengths, we kind of talk about shadow side. You know, there's yeah, there's yeah. that uh, there, there's the balcony when, oh, when yeah. our strengths are at the best, and yeah. then there's the basement where it's dark and dingy and cold, and you're afraid. Um, that that's when it's self focused, and we're using that to define who yeah. we are yeah, rather yeah, yeah. than using it to be like shining stars to bless others. Yes. Um, and, and so this really, this whole idea of identity theft, um, finding our identity and other things rather than God, uh, Luther even addresses this. Um, you know, uh, we're going to go back to Luther's small catechism every once in a while. We, you know, I, I, we think that we're done with it after eighth grade with confirmation, but oh, no. it is something that is good for all of our life. And, and so in the small catechism, Luther talks about the first commandment, um, you shall have no other gods. And then in good Luther fashion, he asked the question, well, what does this mean? You know, to try to bring it home and make it practical. And, and he says that we should fear, love, and trust God above all things. And that really challenges our hearts to take a look at who is sitting on the throne of my life? Who am I trusting the most? And, and I really like, actually, in Luther's large catechism, Again, on this first commandment of you shall have no other gods, that, that uh, he defines what a god is. And so Luther writes this. He says, a god in the term for to that which we are to look. Let me, let me rephrase that. I'm going to start it again. A god is the term uh, for that to which we look, um, that we are to look for all good and in which we are to find refuge in all need. Therefore, to have a god is nothing else than to trust and believe in that one with your whole heart. As I have often said, it is the trust and faith of the heart alone that makes both God and an idol. Anything on which your heart relies and depends, I say, that is really your God. And that that is a deep, honest look in the mirror of, yeah. of what is my God? What yeah. is that ultimate sense of identity, security, and meaning that I'm searching for in life? And there are all sorts of things that we look to for that in our life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a theologian, I think it was Paul Tillich, he said that uh, your your God is your ultimate concern, right? It's it's what you are ultimately concerned about in the end. Um, and it's it's so interesting that this is um, this really never goes away, thinking in these terms. There was a writer, David Foster Wallace, a postmodern writer, a brilliant guy who gave uh, a famous speech at a university called, called There is Water, I think. You can look it up on, on YouTube. It's there. But in that speech, he's addressing a group of college students who are getting ready to graduate. And the temptation there is to measure your sense of self in terms of your, your job, right? He's, he's addressing people who are getting ready to go out into the corporate world. And in that speech, he says, um, in the trenches of life and in the foxholes of life, there are no atheists. And the, um, the argument, the convincing argument that you can make for worshiping a traditional god like Yahweh or, or Christ is that just about anything else that you try to worship will eat you alive. Um, and I think that he hits on something really profound there, that our hearts are these, these idol factories, really, as John Calvin said. And the thing about an idol is that uh, it looks nice and it looks friendly and it looks cute and cuddly. Um, but eventually, uh, it's going to take your face off. <laughs> Gremlins. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah there, yes, yes. If you continue to feed the thing after midnight, it's going to grow yeah. into a, a little monster that's going to yep. rearrange your home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the idols are great when life is going well. Yeah. But when they fail, then the question is, 
who am I? Where do I find my identity security meaning? So like for me with running, you know, um, I found it in being this star athlete. And then when I wasn't and I couldn't compete, then who was I? Yeah. Um, you think about um, uh, careers, you know, you, you you have a career and you're doing great. But what happens when you're not, uh, whether it's a pastor or, you know, some other career or um, you, what happens if you get fired? Yeah. Then yeah. who are you? Or the struggle that a lot of people have is they come to retirement and they have been identified by what they have done in their careers for so long. Yeah. And then the, one of the key questions that a lot of retirees struggle with is now who am I when I'm not working? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, what I love about the gospel story, too, is that uh, Jesus has to continually remind people of this, doesn't he? When he calls the disciples, um, what are they? They're fishermen, a lot of them, right? And so he calls them and says, you know, I have a new identity for you. You're going to be fishers of men. Um, and then, of course, uh, Jesus goes to the cross, and uh, he hasn't appeared to his disciples yet. And so what do they do? We're fishermen again, right? <laughs> and he comes back, and he has to remind them, right? And even Peter, he takes aside in that beautiful uh, scene and says, uh, you know, Peter, do you love me, right? Yeah. And he has to remind him once again that you are you are not the worst thing that you have ever done, nor are you who you were before. You're still the one who's going to feed my lambs. You're, you still have this calling on your life. And I think Jesus still has to remind all of us of that, that uh, there's always that temptation to measure who we are based on, you know, something else. And then Jesus is kind of tapping us on the shoulder saying, no, 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 you are, you are this. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, so we've talked in terms of how we can find our ultimate sense of identity, security, and meaning in careers. We've talked about achievement. What other things can people be tempted to really find their identity in, uh, their ultimate sense? I think their role in life. Um, you know, we, we were talking before as a mom, maybe as a grandma, as an uncle, maybe you pour yourself into just being that person and you forget who else you are. Yeah. Um, and you can lose yourself yeah. very much in, in, in doing good things. Again, none of this is bad. Um, God has intended it to be good in our life and we're supposed to find a a part or a sense of uh, a made a, maybe a secondary sense of our identity. It just when it becomes the first thing, it becomes a God in our life. That That's where the problem is. And, and think about, uh, you know, it's it's what we consume. You know, are you a Starbucks or a Pete's person? Are you a Mac or an Apple? Yeah. Um, you think about how Harley Davidson. Um, that is an identity and a culture that say, comes It becomes with. a cult, too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you just really, that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. Um, or or um, identity and what kind of car you drive. Um, there, there's an infinity. Or, or what... Uh, cologne or perfume. Uh, you can actually have eternity in a bottle. Uh, I mean, it's just the, the, the things that we look to uh, for that sense of yeah. identity, security, I mean, how much money you have. Yeah. And I mean, I even think that sometimes people tend to, uh, on the other side of that, people tend to measure their identity in terms of um, perhaps their own, their own limitations. You know, you see this a lot in the world of mental health, where even people will begin to say, well, I'm a, I'm a manic depressive. Right. Or I'm um, I, I'm uh, an ADHD or I'm a uh, I'm uh, I'm a compulsive, yep. you know, this or whatever. And so and what you see there is suddenly this um, this thing that might be really, really challenging to, to deal with um, and not to sell that short. But suddenly that becomes um, the the standard by which that person measures themselves against against everything really. Right. Yeah. This is this is who I am. I am. I am this this limitation, so to speak. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the challenge is we all have shortcomings. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it's not just someone who has a label to put on that shortcoming. Yeah. And if we let those shortcomings define who we are, 
it limits us from being who we truly could be. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've I've been watching um, the show. Oh, what is it? It's an intervention. Um, really tough show to watch, by the way. But it, it, it centers around the lives of addicts. Um, and it shows many of them making kind of this turnaround to the point where they become sober, but many of them don't. And again, what is the uh, the Alcoholics Anonymous you know, motto? You go in there and, you know, hi, I'm such and such. I am an alcoholic. Right. That's that's my identity. That's 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 who I am. Right. Um, and not to not to disagree with that. But again, I think that um, ultimately, while that might be a very big part of who you are, that's that's not your ultimate sense of, of existence. Yeah, right. That's yeah. not God did not create you to be an alcoholic. That does not own you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I know for me, uh, for, for many years, I struggled with not doing well academically. Sure. Um, so, you know, not only I got that 1.6 in college, but my first grade or first semester of eighth grade coming off a divorce. Uh, my, my parents had divorced yeah. uh, and I'm struggling with who am I? And I was living with my grandparents. Um, that, that I got to the point, you know, where I got three F's, a C and an A, and I got the A in running a PE because I could run fast. Um, and, and for a long time, not being smart, not being able to achieve academically was part of my identity. And even to the point that, um, you know, I'm, I'm about to graduate with my doctorate, uh, actually, finally in April, I finished my dissertation. I've got my, uh, uh, presentation coming up. Um, but, but for a long time, even in my doctoral program, I had these doubts of, you know, why me? Uh, can I do this? Um, and, and I've had to actually change some of the, the mentality that I've had of, of asking the question, why not me? Uh, because I was so defined by that identity of being a failure academically in the past. Now, the other side I got to be careful of is I'm about to be a doctor. I could get very proud in Dr. Guzzi, you know, yeah. and, 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 you know, kind of get pretentious about that. And again, it's not that, that, you know, not being too high and not too low, but, but finding our identity in the place that God intends it. And, and that goes back to, um, I love this passage from Galatians uh, chapter 3, starting at verse 26 to 28. It says that, So in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, uh, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. God had created us to find our identity in him there in the garden. We lost it. We gave it away. But but God comes and he gives us that identity again of being children of God that we were created for and now redeemed for. And 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 there in the waters of baptism, is is he gives it as this gift. And uh, for, for many years, I've, I've kind of told this analogy. Uh, I used to tell my confirmation classes this. Uh, uh, imagine a, a mobster named Tony Giadini. Uh, Tony, That's a great mobster yeah, name. Isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Tony Giadini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vinny, Vinny <laughs> Valpino. <laughs> and Tony is this bad mob guy. You know, he's, he's done a lot of uh, shakedowns, broken a few legs. And, and finally, he's arrested, and, and the, the authorities give him uh, an opportunity. They're, they'll let him go in the witness protection program and have a new life if he turns evidence on the mob bosses. And, and Tony is like, hey, this is a pretty good deal. And, and so he takes him up. And so he is given a new life. He's given a new identity. Now, is Tony still Tony Giadini? Is he still a mob guy who's done bad things in the past? Yes. But he also now has an opportunity to have a new name, uh, David Smith. He, he, he moves to uh, uh, someplace uh, down south or, or in the Midwest. Uh, he's given a new life, a new beginning, a new start. 
And that's who we are in Christ. That's that whole sinner saint reality that we live. Yes, we are sinners. We blow it. And, and that that is part of our past. But now we're new creations as well. We are saints. We are children of God. We're given a new identity and a new beginning that transforms how we see ourselves and transforms how we start living out our callings in life. Yeah, I mean, one of one of Paul's favorite sayings, and you see it again here, you see it all over the book of Ephesians too, but it's in Christ, right? And he's constantly reminding um, his readers of that, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Um, you were this before, you were dead in your trespasses and sins, but now you have been made alive in Christ, right? Um, and it's and it's a beautiful image too that uh, the the image of baptism right before you're um, you're clothed one way but then you go into the waters of baptism and you're you're washed clean right and you're you're coming up and you are you are something that you were not before you have a new sense of self yeah and and this is why Luther calls us to remember our baptisms daily yeah uh, you know and so for me it's it's uh, uh, taking a shower in the morning. It's, yeah. a, it's a chance for me to remember just yeah. as I am washing away the, the sleep of the night and the dirt that's on my body that, that I am now clean. Was it, was it Luther who said, don't say I was baptized, but I am baptized? Uh, he was may that have. him who said that? I, may think, I think it was. Or maybe it was It was something that I remember always hearing in confirmation, right? Don't say I was baptized as though it's something that happened when you were an itty-bitty baby as it was for most of us. But uh, it's it's daily, right? That's who you are, right? You are baptized. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. You're a baptized child of God. And one of the things, notice too, that that uh, this idea that there's, a, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, these things are not our ultimate identity. Now, they're still a part of us. We don't cease to be Jew or Gentile. We don't cease to be male or female. Sure. Uh, that's still part of God's created order. But there's now an ultimate identity, and that's being a child of God, sons and yep. daughters of the king. Yep. What difference practically does having your identity in Christ rather than looking to your ultimate identity in these idols of life, uh, what difference does that make as we think about living at our college? What difference does it make to the both of you? Christ does not change. Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so many um, of the things that we try to put stock in are are shifting, right? Um, are are changing. If I put stock in my um, identity in my in my job, there might be a day when I really rock it, and then there might be a day when I really blow it, right? Um, well, Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, mm. and so that's, that's, that's a, a stable that. point that you can put it right. It even. Uh, What's the, the famous parable where Christ says uh, there was a man who built his house on the sand, but there was a man who built his house on the rock, right? Yeah. And it's all about where you're... Didn't mean the tough that, times didn't come. Didn't yeah, mean the storms exactly. of life didn't come. It's all about but, where that foundation is, and in yep. the end, the rock is the one that's still standing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think also it comes down to, for me, you know, God and Jesus all represent the greater good. And so if we keep that focus on the greater good, then whatever we're doing in his name or in his in His space is going to lead towards greater good. And like I said, sometimes we, we nail it and we do yeah. great. And then other days we fail. We, we walk past that person in the grocery store who probably needs someone just to come over and say hello or, you yeah. know, something else that we may, we recognize after the fact, gosh, maybe I should have, but we know that if it, if our main objective in life is to be that good, we know that we're following. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, in call to be, we talk about it's our being always precedes our doing. We have to know who we are to effectively be utilized for, by God for for kind of maximum kingdom impact in our different callings of life. It's, it's kind of like a person who has amnesia. How in the world are they supposed to know what they're supposed to do 
if they don't know who they are. They don't know their name. They don't know where they come from. You've, you got to know that identity before you can live out a calling in life. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, we really want to thank our, our listening and viewing audience. Uh, Kevin and Trish, what should be a takeaway for our audience uh, as we wrap up this podcast today? You are more than what you do. Um, Amen. You are more than what you do. You um, And we can add, are, you are more than what you own. Yeah. You're more than what you wear. You're more than anything else. Yeah, you are who God says you are and God says you are mine. And sometimes when who you think you are is taken away, maybe it's uncovering who you really are. Yeah. And you need to be looking at those other opportunities. Yeah, sometimes God has a way of of stripping everything away so that he can get our attention and say, "Hey, I'm here. I love you. You are my kid." Yeah, right. there's 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 this motif I won't spend forever on this, but there's this motif that you see all over the Bible where um, a person is driven out into the wilderness, yeah. right? And that's where they encounter God, right? You see this with Moses, right? He's this prince of Egypt, and suddenly he loses it all. He's driven out in the desert. He's living as a, as a shepherd, and then God shows up and says, I've got a really big job for you. This is who you are. And of course, Moses has every excuse in the book, right? I can't, right. <laughs> I can't talk. I can't, I'm not tall. I'm not this. I'm not that. And God says, no, 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 no. You're going to do this because this is who you are, right? yes. because this is who I say you are. Right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, and who I've called you now to be. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, thank you for our listening and viewing audience joining us for this podcast. We hope that it was a blessing to you as you explore your ultimate identity of being a child of God and remember that baptismal identity daily. You are God's child, not by what you do, not by what you own. It's by who you are through faith alone in Christ. Uh, We want to do just a couple call to actions. Uh, Make sure to listen and like uh, both the uh, audio and the video version of our podcast on YouTube. Uh, Make sure also to share this with others. Tell them, um, if you found this to be a blessing, tell them about this podcast. Share it with them so that they can be blessed as well. We seek to empower every believer that we can uh, to discover and live out their authentic calling in Christ. Also, too, maybe you're, you're uh, wanting to have a conversation uh, about your identity, uh, both your ultimate identity. We're going to get into uh, your unique identity of who God's created you to be. Uh, if you're interested in perhaps uh, talking with somebody, uh, doing some coaching, uh, reach out to me. I'd love to have a conversation with you, talk about what coaching is and how that might be a blessing to help you better discern and live out your calling in Christ. Uh, as always, we also want to thank uh, the Southeastern District and Malem uh, for their generous support uh, to, to make this podcast possible. And with that, we want to wish you all God's richest blessings, and we'll catch you next time for the Call to Be podcast. Take care, everybody.